0: Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast, produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Um, I'm so excited to have with us our guest today, coming from sunny Boise, Idaho. Say hello to uh, registered dental hygienist, Alicia Flynn. Say hello.
0: Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, Patrick. I'm so excited to be here today.
1: We're thankful for you taking time out of your busy schedule um, to join us today. Um, We had a little conversation before we started. I mentioned Boise and we talked about how people are moving there. But from what I understand, it's a beautiful place. How do you like living there?
0: We love Boise. But tell everyone else that unless they can be nice and not polite, they can't move here, it's a terrible place to live. Right, it's sub-zero <laughs> temperatures year-round. Right, right. tundra, rain. yeah.
1: <laughs> rain, yeah. So tell me, let's just let's just jump right in and tell our audience, um, how did you become a hygienist? How did you get involved in dentistry?
0: Sure. Well, a lot of people, my dad was a dentist and I have two siblings that are dentists and I have two sisters that are hygienists. And a lot of people say it's in the blood and I smile and say, no, it's in the teeth. So is what they need to understand is that I started from the ground up. I started at the age of 10. My dad would have us come down. We'd vacuum. We'd take out the garbages. Then he started training us to uh, do sterilization. And we would turn over rooms. And then from there, he would teach us to help him with emergencies. I grew up in a small town on the base of Mount Hood. And sometimes there were some barroom fights or some arguments that went on. And he trained us in emergencies. And so he would bring us down to the office and help help him with an emergency. So I started doing that. And then from there, I married my husband. He was in the Air Force. So we traveled all around the States. And I worked as a scheduler, an office manager, insurance. I also did dental assisting with expanded functions. And then eventually I went back and got my dental hygiene. But as I did this, I realized there were a lot of dentists. They were happy with their practice, but there were problems they were struggling. And I would work with them on how they could have their staff work better together and how they could achieve their dreams and I realized this was my niche this is where I was happiest and this is what made me happy and so I still do hygiene one or two days a week depending on the week but I love helping dentists gain the practice that they dreamed about before they started dental school or while they were in dental school I want their practice to be what they dreamed
1: yeah and that's that's awesome that's a great story thank you for your your service your husband's service your family's service right we know how that can really wear on a family i'm sure there's probably times that some dentists were upset when the air force moved you to um another area too and I'll, I'll just use this as a time to tell people that hey sometimes employees move don't always take it personally when you lose a, a valued employee right
0: yeah thank you it's thank you yeah. very much it was it was an honor to serve and we're really grateful to be out now so yeah
1: so I know you're involved um, heavily in coaching now, and you started um, Increda Dental, the website for our audience to check out is Increda-dental.com. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us-just tell us, um, yeah, just tell us how, how that's started and how that's going for you.
0: Yeah, well, it started when I realized I was coaching dentists, anyways. And sometimes I would recommend things, and I realized they weren't asking for my help, and sometimes they didn't want my help. But being The person who I am, I had a hard time being silent and staying within the practice when I knew they were missing financially things or they were having problems with their team and they didn't want to move forward. And it's okay if you don't want to move forward, but I wasn't okay being stagnant and I didn't find comfort there. I wanted to help people. And I realized once people would, when I worked for a dentist and I would suggest like, what if we started doing this? I saw the relief that came on their face and even like their personality kind of changed their persona, become more relaxed because they were bringing in a little bit more revenues. And sometimes it was a lot more revenue, but I saw them pivot. I saw them change and become a happier dentist, a happier provider. And that's where I got my joy. That was like my adrenaline junkie rush. And that's where I realized I want to do this full time. I want to help dentists full time with their practice and have joy in what they're doing because when you graduate there unfortunately is a lot of debt and then if you purchase a practice or buy into a practice there again is a lot of debt and sometimes you feel like you're swimming against against the tide against the stream and I'm here to help you know that you're not alone in the struggle and to know that there's help there for you so that's how I got into coaching
1: that's, that's awesome. So in your travels now, and I mean that like I mean that figuratively, right? Not literally, since you're not traveling the, the way that you used to anymore or from town to town. Um, what are some issues and problems that you see that dentists are facing? You mentioned more revenue. Is that kind of based on case acceptance? Or are you seeing a lot of issues there?
0: Case acceptance is huge, and I really wanted to talk about that today. But a lot of times it's holding your team accountable. And having you have a goal and you give them instructions, but not holding them accountable for where you want to go. And so one thing that I want to bring up is that only, well, 30 to 50 percent of cases, when you present a case, 30 to 50 percent are not accepted. And that is a huge amount that goes out the door. If you round the numbers on that, you would, could have a million dollar practice. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. because they're not accepting the treatment, they're walking out the door. So I wanted to speak today about how we can gain case acceptance and how we can change that. And that is from the dental IQ. They're the ones who who gave the figures, 30 to 50% of dentists. <clears throat> yeah. Before.
1: Yeah. I've seen that. And, you know, I, I've also read and heard that, you know, the average practice will have anywhere between 500 and, and $1.2 million in unaccepted cases on their books. So that's a, huge huge amount of revenue it's not only a huge amount of revenue it's a lot of people walking around with potential time bombs in their mouth so um how do we how do give me some tips what are some things yeah. some dentists can do to help improve their case acceptance
0: well first off it starts with a greeting and i don't want to start with a phone call but i want to start with in the office and so the first thing is to greet your patient you can do a fist bump or a handshake or an elbow bump because, because of covid But it's what we're doing when we provide that contact, we're removing the white coat. We're removing that white coat syndrome. We're showing them we're human and we're going to treat them as an individual. And that is super important that we do that for our patients because we're then becoming approachable. And then from there, we need to call our patients by name. When we meet them, we need to be eye to eye. Meeting a patient when they're laying down on their back, mouth open, oh, hi, by the way, I'm Dr. So-and-so it's very intimidating and it doesn't give the patient reassurance when you meet them look at them eye to eye be at the same level as them call them by their name and lean forward slightly let them know that you're engaged with them and you're there to help them so the first barrier is to remove that white coat and become a person that will help them
1: you know that makes a lot of sense when you're in when you're in a dental chair um, you feel very vulnerable. You are very vulnerable. I mean, literally, right? And you feel very vulnerable. And so I think it does make you put up defense mechanisms, right? Anytime you're vulnerable around people, you're going to kind of put up a barrier or a wall. So I think that's a great piece of advice as far as meeting people when they're... Right. High or
0: high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we first meet people, we... Well, there's three things we do, friend, foe, or potential mate. So we, need yeah. to, we want to break down and make sure they see us as a friend. So we want to have that. And, and people are on the defensive when they're in that position of being laid back on their back. That's, yeah. that's a very defensive position. So meeting them eye to eye makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. What's something else we can do?
0: So we need to listen to understand. A lot of times we have been trained to diagnose and tell the patient what's wrong but what we're not doing is we're not asking open-ended questions and listening to what our patient wants. So you're probably like, okay, so what's an open question, open-ended question. So yeah, we need to ask them like, what is your top concern? What brings you into our office today? If there's anything I could help you with the most, what would it be? So we need to listen to what they want because there's a lot of things that, that patients want but if we don't address what they feel is their want or their need, they're not going to schedule. They're not going to come back and see us. So we need yeah. to ask them if there's any barriers that keep them from coming into finishing or getting treatment done too. That's a really powerful question.
1: Sure. So um, I think that's, by the way, it's again, fantastic advice. Why don't you give us one more thing that we can do to increase patient, uh, case acceptance.
0: So when we'll address their barrier. So if it's fear, this is a, can a lot of times be done by the assistant or the front office. If it's fear, you can just tell them, "Oh, you are at the best office. Doctor George is the best at this treatment, and he will make sure you're comfortable." So address their fear and remove that barrier. If it is um, maybe financial, we're going to talk about that. We have financing options, or or let's say it's insurance driven. We want to talk about we have our upfront person, Susan, who does an incredible job with insurance and she will make sure that the insurance pays as much as they can, so you don't have a bill. However, the insurance does not see what we see and they cannot understand what's going on in your mouth, but we will do everything we can to reduce the fee to you. Sure. So we need the, to address that, yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and, and I think the same thing, having the the team um, which I think we're gonna have you back on to talk about where I'm going with this next statement, but I think we need to have it so the team does do that. But I, you know, as far as saying this is the best tennis, but I think the team has to believe that, right? So it has to be sincere. And I think oftentimes that's not the case, right? And we'll get into this, but I think we'll have you come back on and talk about that later on. But oftentimes the team doesn't think it's the best tennis; They don't even like the tennis. They're, they're looking for another job because whatever. So let's get into that. Um, you know, on another episode for sure. So give me one more little tip or trick.
0: So the other thing is time. We have to respect our patient's time. We are so different today than we were 15 years ago. Now people realize that time is a commodity and it's not something that's refundable. One of my favorite jokes is hurry up, you're wasting time. And the person replies, how can you waste something you don't have? So we need to respect our patient's time. And so patients may say, you know, it's really hard for me to get into the office to get treatment and then let them know, well, we could do your treatment spaced out four or five visits, or we can see you and one or two visits. They'll be a little bit longer, but it'll be over and done with. But then you need to come back for your maintenance appointments. So nothing else gets away from us. So
1: yeah. Ton of sense. Yeah. And I agree. I, I tell people all the time like, hey, if you have a cancellation, um, whatever your last minute cancellation policy is, what your last minute c- cancellation policy should be. So it should be just treat our time equally because that it is equal. Everyone has the same amount of time, same amount of time in a day. Right. So I always, I always say that, like, hey, if you're going to charge a hundred dollar no show fee, you better pay a hundred dollar and I'll show fee whenever you make an appointment that you don't show up for. And then you're actually treating the patient fairly, right? It's right. what you are doing yourself. So let me ask you this, um, this last question. Um, if somebody wants to vet um, an expert such as yourself to help them in their practice, whether it's case acceptance or building teams or, 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 or making your uh, team feel that you're the best dentist on the planet, how do you go about trusting or how do you go about vetting that, um, person and, and making sure you find a good fit for yourself.
0: So I want to make sure I understand. So how do you go about getting the right staff or no, no,
1: no. So how would you vet someone like an expert such as yourself? A oh, coach?
0: Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, so no much. Yeah. So first off, I do one hour free consultations complimentary. You can visit with me, no charge, no pressure. I want you to succeed. So you can go to my website in credit dental.com and it's the dash symbol, not the word. And you can sign up, go there and schedule a free consultation. And we'll just talk about your victories as well as things that you're struggling with. Because really, it's the story. It's the story of where you have been and where you are and where you want to go is where we want to focus. And we want to understand what's in your past and how we can help you. Everything we learn is an opportunity. Every experience, whether it's difficult or wonderful, is an opportunity to learn. And so we need to take what you've learned and apply it to the future so it's more beneficial to you and to your staff.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of wisdom right there. Uh, Alicia, I wanna thank you so much for coming on the program. I'm gonna put out your website one more time. It's uh, increda-dental.com. Alicia Flynn, thank you so much for being here.
0: Patrick, thank you for having me. It was an honor. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.